This is Resurrection Day, not just here, but around the world. I've, I watched on the news this morning uh, people in, in Rome and in Jerusalem and in other places in Europe celebrating this uh, most holy day on our Christian calendar. It's a day that we call Easter, but we prefer in this church to refer to it as Resurrection Day. Easter has a lot of pagan uh, origins, and even though that's how the world describes it, we would prefer to, uh, to refer to it as Resurrection Sunday, Resurrection Day. And just as I said in that prayer, you know, every day is Resurrection Day here at Renovation Church. We celebrate his resurrection every day. So in, in a very real way, this day is not any different than any other. We just set aside more time for more people to come uh, so that we can share the good news with, with maybe someone that has not connected like the guy with the Skittles before. Uh, and there's, there's one, wasn't that neat? There's one word that is associated with Easter, I think. We heard it in, in Tanya's message. We heard it uh, in several of the songs that were sung. We heard it in the video. And that word is power. Power. Jesus rose in power. Philippians 3.8 says, I consider everything a loss. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul, one of the friends, well, not a friend, but a, a, an associate of Jesus because he saw him um, in the person on his way to Damascus. Paul wrote this after he had been talking about his accomplishments, how he was the best among Jews. If, if you were looking at all the Jews and you had them lined up here, he was going to be head and shoulders above the rest. He knew the law better than anybody else, head and shoulders above, above all the other legal people of his time. He knew the scriptures better than anyone else. And he says this, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and the power of his resurrection. Now, for the Jewish people, when they say the word know, it means a little different than for us when we say the word know. We, we, we say, yeah, I know that, and, and it means I've heard it, and and I've tucked it away here in my little peahead noggin data bank, you know. That's what we mean when we say no. To a Jewish person, when they hear the word no, it means they have experienced it. They have actually experienced it firsthand. It's become real to them. It's become a part of their life. So Paul did know the power of Jesus, didn't he? After all, Jesus struck him down as he was headed to Damascus to round up Christians and either uh, persecute them or even worse, kill them. That's what he was set out to do. And Jesus struck him down on that road and talked to him. He saw Jesus face to face. He was a changed person from that moment on. The power of the resurrection had struck Paul. We used to sing a song, an old hymn that uh, was, the word said, there's power, power, 
wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. The Lamb, of course, is Jesus. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Maybe we could sing that here sometime. That's, that's one of the powerful uh, hymns, old hymns that are out there that, that we need not to forget. Wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. The wonder-working power of Jesus' resurrection paid for your sin, and it paid for my sin. There's a couple of things that I scribbled down yesterday uh, when I was over here kind of taking stuff down from the um, service on Thursday night, and as they would come to me, I just wrote them down here about power. Uh, and and these, are, these are the things that I wrote. Uh, power is, is life-changing power that allows us to live free. We live freely because of that power. We're not bound to anything. Most of, most of all, not bound to sin. We are free from sin because of the power of the resurrection. No amount of, no amount of good can outweigh our sin. The power of resurrection does that for us. We can't do enough good things to pay off our sin debt. If you started when you were 12 years old, and you did every good thing, everything perfect for the rest of your life, it wouldn't be good enough. We can't work off our sin debt. Only the power of the resurrection can do that. No amount of money can buy us out of sin. I know that there's thoughts out there in other uh, areas of the church where the capital C church, where we might be able to buy our way out of sin. You know, if, if we give enough money, hey, we're going to have a building campaign. Let's, let's give $100,000 to the church for a building campaign. Surely that'll take care of our sin. No, that has nothing to do with it. You can't buy your way out. The power of the resurrection paid off our sin debt through the blood of Jesus yet on the cross. No amount of service or good deeds can earn a salvation for someone. In the power of the resurrection, Jesus did it all. He did all of it. It's great if you want to serve in the church. It's wonderful if you want to go over here and sign up to work in the cafe. It's wonderful if you'd like to greet people at the doors or work in the kids' ministry, sing on the praise team, work in the tech booth, help us in any other way in the church. That's wonderful. But don't think for one skinny minute that that's going to help you in your relationship with God. You do that service because of what God has done for you what Jesus did for you on the cross, not to pay off any sin debt. It just doesn't work. God sent Jesus, his son, as a love gift, a ransom for you and for me to buy us back from sin. It's, it's, it's like there's a ransom note that was sent 
And what Jesus did bought us back from the devil, bought us back from sin in our lives. Sin's power is no match for Jesus' resurrection power. They can't be compared. There's nothing. Nothing to compare the two. The power of sin is always overcome by the power of Jesus and his resurrection. And this power of the resurrection, as I started with, is meant to be experienced firsthand. It's not just there for us to read about in a book, for us to sing about on Resurrection Sunday. It's for us to experience firsthand. Have you experienced that power of the resurrection in your life? Have you? Some of you have. I know you have. You have stories to tell it. You have lives to show it. We talked about a woman a couple of weeks ago, the Samaritan woman at the well. And she knew the power of the resurrection. She experienced it firsthand. She came to know Jesus, to know him in that Hebrew sense to experience him and the power of his resurrection even before it happened. Jesus powerfully quenched her inner thirst and changed her life as he does yours and mine from the inside out. Not from the outside in, but from the inside out. Those waters bubbled up in her, quenching her thirst. And then there's Peter. The power of the resurrection is the same power that Peter experienced firsthand. Remember last week when he cried out to Jesus and Jesus reached out his hand to save him? The power of Jesus saved Peter from that storm-tossed sea. And then the power of Jesus saved Peter from his sins as well that's the same power that's offered to you and to me it's no different sure that was 2,000 years ago but it's the same power today it's available to you there's a there's a word that we have in the English that comes from that Greek word it, it's dynamite and that pa- that power that is available to you is like an explosion when it takes place. I'm here to tell you that you cannot experience the power of the resurrection and not be changed. You have to be changed if you've experienced that power. You will never, ever be the same. There are three thoughts that I have for you this morning as, as we close up. And I get these from uh, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. I'm going to divide that chapter into a couple of different uh, parts. And first we're going to read verses 1 through 3. And I'm going to read this from the message version. 
I just loved the wording in the message version. So this morning we're going to use it. In, in this church, we believe that the Bible, whatever version, is the infallible word of God. It's the only standard we have for our faith and our life. So listen as I read to you from God's word, this portion from 1 John chapter 3. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. But friends, that's exactly who we are. Children of God. And that's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up? What we do know is that when Jesus is openly revealed, we'll see him. And in seeing him, we'll become like him. All of us who look forward to his coming, his second coming, stay ready. With the glistening purity of Jesus' life as a model for our own. The marvelous love of the Father has extended to you and to me. In other versions, it says the marvelous love of the Father was lavished on us, just poured out on us. It says in 1 John 4, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So many of us are familiar with that famous verse, for God so loved the world. For God so loved you. You. You, Jane. He loved you. For God so loved you, Mike. For God so loved you, Cal. For God so loved you, John. For God so loved you, Jason that he sent his only son, that whoever believed in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. God the Father loves you. You can cut off your hearing aids right there. If you hear nothing else I say today, I want you to hear that. God the Father loves you. You're here today. I think he brought you here today maybe to hear just that. God loves you. He doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care where you're from. He doesn't care what you've done, how many times you've done it, who you've done it with, where you did it. God loves you. And he's got the resurrection power to show it.
verses 4 through 8 from 1 John 3. All who indulge in a sinful life are dangerously lawless, for sin is a major disruption of God's order. Surely you know that Jesus showed up in order to get rid of sin. That's why he showed up. He showed up to get rid of sin. There is no sin in him, and sin is not part of his program. Has no part in his program. No one who lives deeply in Christ makes a practice of sin. Sure, we all sin. Sure, we do. But we don't make a practice of it. None of those who do practice sin have taken a good look at Christ. They've got him all backwards. So, my dear children, don't let anyone divert you from the truth. It's the person who acts right who is right, just as we see it lived out in our righteous Messiah, Jesus. Those who make a practice of sin are straight from the devil, the pioneer in the practice of sin. The Son of God entered the scene to abolish the devil's ways. Romans 5.8 says... While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Man, I, I hear this so often. I just, I just heard it this week from a young man that comes to church here once in a while. He's not here today, so it's safe to say this. He said, I'm just, I'm just not, I, I need to take care of some things first before I turn my life over to Jesus. I want to do it, but I've got some things I need to take care of first. Man, when are you going to be ready? If you wait until you're ready, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. It's, it says Christ died for us while we were still sinners. He knows you. He knows your heart. Again, he knows everything that you've done, good and bad. And God loves you. Jesus loves you so much that he came and died on a cross for you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God the Son died for you. God the Son died for you. God the Father loves you. God the Son loves you died for you. And then to finish up the third chapter of 1 John, it says this, people conceived and brought into life by God don't make a practice of sin. How could they? God's seed is deep within them, making them who they are. It's not in the nature of God begotten to practice and parade sin. Here's how you tell the difference between God's children and the devil's children. The one who won't practice righteous ways isn't from God. Nor is the one who won't love his brother or sister. A simple test. Very simple test. God's seed is deep within them. Remember this little box? 
What did Miss Tanya say was in this box? What? Nothing. What else might be in this box that you can't see or feel or hear or touch? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. We can't put him in a box, but this this clear box that you can see through demonstrates that the Holy Spirit's there even if you can't see him. And once we decide that we're going to follow Jesus, change our lives and live for him, his Holy Spirit comes and lives deep inside of us. That's God's seed that's within. Or, or as it says in in John 14, Jesus, Jesus the, the night right before he went to the cross, he said this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. That's the Holy Spirit. He lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit always resides in in you. He's always with you. When we say Jesus has come to live in my heart, well, yes, Jesus lives in your heart, but he lives in your heart by his Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the one who gives power. He's the power giver, the Holy Spirit. So God, the Holy Spirit, lives in you. God, the Father, loves you. God, the Son, died for you. God, the Holy Spirit, lives in you. And this power we're talking about, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. So what is it that you can't accomplish? You've got the power of the resurrection living in you. He is not here. He is risen today. And that's why we celebrate Resurrection Day. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word that's never changing and ever true. I thank you for each person here today. I pray that their hearts would be attuned to your message for them. You want to speak to each one of us in a very special way, in a private way, in a personal way. And I pray, Lord, that you would do that during this rest of the service, that you would speak to them. If there's anyone here today who, who, uh, as the little crazy video said hasn't made the connection between Jesus the cross resurrection Easter and this table up here I pray that they would have the boldness to ask me or one of our members of the ministry team who will be up here after the service oh we love you thank you Jesus for dying for us for purchasing a place in heaven for us. 
Come, Holy Spirit, fill us to overflowing with your power. In Jesus' name, amen.